0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks. is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to PricePix.com slash Locked On NBA and use the code Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
0: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available
1: on YouTube and wherever
0: you get your podcasts. The Brooklyn Nets fired Steve Nash and they want to hire Ime Udoka. And the Celtics are going to let it happen. I'll try to explain why right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number eighteen, Tatum and Brown, J team
1: step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics. Who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corralis above average, assessing the team
0: status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ. Keep John
1: on replay. Prime time, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining J's how we started, raising banners. How we finished, locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B.
0: Hey there. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free fresh podcast that drops right to your device when you're subscribed, wherever you get your podcasts. It also includes YouTube. You can watch the show. And I do appreciate you making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today's show Pivot, big pivot from what I was planning because it's all about Ime Udoka going to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, not officially, but all the reporting suggests that's where he's going. Now, there might be some other reporting out there that kind of throws the smoke screen, uh, but it's very clear the Brooklyn Nets want to hire Ime Udoka. The Boston Celtics are not going to pursue compensation, and so pretty soon he's just going to become a member of the Brooklyn Nets Celtics, done. Ime Udoka's done. Time in Boston, over. So what, what does all this mean? And, and my initial reaction when I first heard it was, hey, Ime is a, an employee of the Celtics. So you can't just hire an employee of the Celtics. This is an opportunity for the Celtics to get themselves a draft pick. Why not? go? Even if it's a second-round pick. I feel like... Sports is such a cutthroat business that whenever an opportunity presents itself to say, all right, I'm going to get this asset, I'm going to get a second-round pick for a guy that was on his way out anyway. So, hey, if they want him, they can have him. Second-round pick, they're willing to throw a first-round pick in there somewhere, somehow, some kind of compensation like that. Take it because you might need that pick, even if it's a second-rounder. If you're attaching, you can attach a second rounder to a traded player exception. You can attach a second rounder to any sort of pick that, or, or any sort of trade that that may just be if it's just the absorbing somebody's contract or anything over the course of the summer where you just need an extra pick. Maybe that one extra pick is the difference between something getting done and not. So I say, hey, if you have the opportunity to use this leverage, take it, take it. Don't be, uh, don't be worried about the, the blowback. Don't be worried about how the, uh, perception is going to be because that, that can all go, that all goes away. All you need to do is get your asset and be done with it. So, okay, fine. They didn't want to do that. Uh, so, why not? Why not? Well, there are a few reasons why. After thinking about it, thinking it through, talking to some people, I think the Celtics, first of all, I, I think they want to just be done with Ime. I think they just, first and foremost, they see this as an opportunity to be done with him and say, Brooklyn, you want him? Brooklyn you can have them. We're we're not we're not looking to have any messy entanglements. We're not looking to have any blowback. We're not we just don't want anything. And I get that. I get that. Now me from the outside arguing against that, I can say okay, you know, like I just said. Be cutthroat, be nasty, get your pick because everybody's going to be nasty towards you. Just get your pick and move on. But the Celtics are in such a precarious position that they might just want to say, we don't want to disturb what Joe Mazzo is doing. We don't want any sort of uh questioning about the situation when there's shoot around in Cleveland on Wednesday morning. We don't want any anything. We don't have to want, we don't want this team to have to answer for anything that. The Celtics do Brooklyn comes in and asks for permission to talk to a guy who's still technically an employee. Boston says, yep, go ahead. You want them? Take them. Now the Celtics, when they're asked about it, can just say, Hey, you know what? Good luck. I, I, we're talking about this team and who's on this team. And you, you, just move on. So you, you're first and foremost, eliminating a distraction that, Joe Missoula doesn't have to deal with. And, and the whole Joe Missoula situation is so kind of sensitive. It's, it's difficult. He's in a tough spot. There are questions about whether he is going to have the interim tag removed because Ime is gone. And what, what does that mean? Does, does, does E-may being gone now say, okay, well you, you can remove the interim tag. But does that mean that if Brooklyn didn't come around, you wouldn't have removed the interim tag? These are all the little offshoots, all these little questions that the Celtics just want to avoid, right? They don't want to have, they don't even want me, probably don't want me doing this podcast because it takes away from what the Celtics are doing. But the fact is that they're just, because they were tied to Yudoka and because there are so many questions about how does this happen, why does this happen, then they just can't help this one day just being this one day. And this is, this is what the, the podcast and the discussion is going to be around Boston. Uh, and, and one of the questions I got, cause I did a couple of radio radio hits. One of the questions I got was, well, Hey, if the, the Celtics wanted to really punish him, you know, are are the Celtics just letting Ime off easy here? If the, if what he did was so egregious, that they suspended him, we're gonna fire him over him over this eventually. And my argument is you suspend him for the year because there's real punishment to that, it's gonna cost them a lot of money. Then by letting him go to Brooklyn, you're just saying, like, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, now you now that punishment's gone, there's no punishment anymore. And while the joke is, yeah, your punishment is going to Coach Kyrie, which is I'll get to that in a bit, but they're they're not in the practice of like, he didn't do anything illegal. And so the Celtics can't, I don't think legally get in his way if they don't intend to keep him. And if they get in his way, now it becomes counterintuitive. Now they say, well, worse. The perception can be, we we want, we want to stop this because we want to get the pick. We're going to do whatever we can to get the pick. But the reaction can be, well, if you're fighting this, does that mean you want him? Because people don't fight for somebody they don't want. If you don't want him, let him go. And He can turn around and be like, okay, as a member of your organization, I'm suspended. I get that. But now I have this opportunity to go get a job and they're, I didn't violate that team's rules. And so they, if they're cool with it, I'm cool with it. I'm moving on. You can't you can't impede my progress for going out and getting another job. This, if the Celtics really fought hard against this, I I think it could have turned into an ugly legal battle. And so that is part of why I think they stepped back. They just, somebody tweeted at me, a, a gif of somebody washing their hands and it's the Celtics right now. And I do think the Celtics are very much just washing their hands of this situation. But there's more to it. There's more. Uh and and I think that there's more that the Celtics are are trying to avoid here by not getting in the way of Ime Udoka. I'll get to that in just a minute. First, let's talk about Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting needs. You want to bet on football, it's there. You want to bet on basketball? It's there. Whatever sport, baseball, uh hockey, golf, Boxing, MMA, it's all there. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game you can find. It's also your continued source for sports wagering information. Live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The live betting is such an interesting thing because you can bet in the middle of a game at halftime. You can look at the third quarter over-under. You can look at all these other things and bet that. It's, It's an interesting wrinkle. So head on over to the website, betonline.net today. You can use your mobile device if you'd like to. BetOnline is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're following the Locked On NBA podcast as well as Locked On Celtics. After you're done with this, go check out Locked On NBA, where I will be hosting on Wednesday, today's show uh, with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. A lot more stuff on Ema and uh, reaction, his perspective. We dive deeper into that, but uh, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast, wherever you found this podcast. I think the way the Celtics handle this situation, the Joe Missoula element is really really important. And the Celtics don't want to have the perception of fighting for a guy that they didn't want or they didn't really want or keeping a guy around that just that they could have they could have turned to in a moment of desperation because for example, if the Celtics lose four or five games in a row, let's say they hit a losing streak. it's possible. And if the perception is that Joe Mazula is is has a hand in this and people are saying, okay, maybe you have to look in a different direction. how long before the conversation turned to, hey, how bad was that EMA stuff anyway? Can, can you can you get him off a of suspension? Is that possible to get him off a of suspension? I guarantee you there would have been people who would have said, I don't know, and I don't know how many people or how loud it would have been, but as whatever voices there are that are saying it is too many voices. If the Celtics hit a skid and people started calling for Ime, then I, I feel like there would have been it would have been tough for the team. So removing this distraction, I think was was a very welcome thing. And I think one other key element to this might be that the Celtics didn't want to be perceived as benefiting from the scandal. As much as I sit here and say the Celtics can can deflect whatever blowback there would be, there might be some, no matter what, but getting that asset is so important that it's worth it. Maybe, maybe I'm under underselling how much that blowback would impact the Celtics. If you... Draw the straight line. You can say the Celtics saw a a, a a violation so egregious that they took the unprecedented step of suspending Ime Udoka for a whole season, and then whatever they decided to do after that, likely fire him, negotiate a buyout of his contract or whatever. If they found that it was so bad, then how do they turn around and say, "Oh, this is now. Now you have to pay us. We suspended him, but now you have to pay us." So we get our we get our situation where we look like this big kind of oh we're such a great organization, but we're still going to get this draft pick because somebody else's you know uh, because of this this violation this whatever email ultimately. I don't know if he's ever going to talk about it, but whatever happened, the Celtics don't want to sit there and say, you know, yeah, all these bad things happened and we got a draft pick out of it. So I I don't think Brad Stevens wants to have that stigma attached to whatever that draft pick is, whoever it turns out to be or whatever that draft pick brings in. Because let's just say the Celtics use the traded player exception and use the draft pick they get from Ime Udoka, and they go get player X this season at the trade deadline, and he's the guy that wins them a championship. You know that there's going to be somebody that says, "Oh, Ime Udoka messing around and doing all this stuff won the Celtics a championship because they used that draft pick to get this guy, and he was the missing piece, and and that turned it." And that's just not something that the Celtics want at all. That's not something, especially Brad Stevens. He does not want to have this stink attached to him in any way. He doesn't want to be the guy that's that people say, wow, you know, that dude played such, such hardball that he turned a scandal into a useful player. And that's, you know, that, that wasn't something I initially thought about, but in conversations with people, you say, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that perception being out there and so when you stack up all of the things that go against the celtics that you and and nowadays look nowadays on social media can be really really toxic and those crazy takes end up getting amplified sometimes because they're so crazy people go can you believe this person is saying this and then people catch on and say well actually this person has a point and you you just don't want that to happen. You don't want Brad doesn't want to go on the radio and have a radio host say, "Oh hey, you know, this this idea is bouncing around that you guys actually benefited from the the scandal. He does not want to have to answer that question. He doesn't want to have any of that stuff. So I think that all plays into this decision. So while people like me can sit there and say, "Hey, you know what? You can you can explain away a lot of things and the nets came to us and you know, they were desperate and they wanted, and and they wanted to, to make this, this decision. And we just, we got an asset for it. That's just how it works. Uh, it's not a, whatever you can, you can talk your way out of certain things, but sometimes that's actually hard and there, there are good points to be made where, letting him go, washing your hands of it. It's not, it's, it's not, um, taking away a punishment. He's been punished. He has a chance to, he had a chance to stick with the Celtics and coach a team that he took to the finals. And instead he's going to coach a team that has been struggling and is in complete disarray. I'll talk about that next, but that that could be viewed as like that's not exactly the easiest thing so he's he's got to go try and rebuild his career the Celtics there's no legal thing that says you know, because he's been suspended if they if they they will have to argue that they intended to keep him in court in order to fight a lot of this stuff that he might turn around if they if they held up this job and they turned to Quinn Snyder instead and you don't turn around and sue the Celtics and said you're preventing me you're illegally preventing me from going to get my you know to to continue my career you've punished me you're not bringing me back so let me go I'm basically telling you keep your money I'm going to go get my money from these guys so just let me go If he argued that in court, the Celtics would actually have to turn around and be like, no, we intended to keep you, and that's why. And if they say that in court, then that gets back to Joe Missoula, and that turns into some big thing. So I can see all of the reasons why the Celtics would not get any compensation. I can see all of the reasons why they say, just go. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be about it. We don't want to see you anymore. Just go and do your thing. Good luck in Brooklyn. And that's it. I can see all of those reasons. So as much as I will will say, I would still like to see the Celtics pick up an asset for letting a guy who was employed by them go to, especially a division rival, especially a potential roadblock to their success. I can see all the very, very valid reasons for them to not... uh not interfere, and quite frankly, just stand back, let it happen, goodbye, and move on. Because the Celtics do have to move on. Now, how does this all go down in Brooklyn? How much of a threat can these guys be to the Celtics? Can Ime Udoka actually be the guy that changes their fortunes? Are the Celtics just letting the Nets get good enough to be a problem Are the Celtics standing by and saying, "Okay, Brooklyn, now go ahead and become good now. And we're just going to have to suffer those consequences. I'll talk about that next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: If you haven't checked out Locked On Sports today, you are missing out. After you're done with this podcast, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. It's got all the games that matter across all sports. The biggest stories across all sports Beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, it's all the local experts with insights that only they can provide here in the Locked On Podcast Network. It's our signature show, you've got to check it out, Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you found this podcast and on YouTube, wherever podcasts exists. The Celtics uh, standing by and saying, okay, Eme, go ahead, go to Brooklyn. I've explained all the reasons why that's that's what they might think. Now, I'm recording this. Uh, as the Brooklyn Nets are locked in a battle with the Chicago Bulls, and however that goes, the the Nets are still struggling quite a bit. They're two and five. They have the worst defense in the NBA. Can this team be turned around by Ime Udoka, or is this going to turn into uh, the sort of Drew Bledsoe going to the Buffalo Bills when Tom Brady was taking over and saying, wow, you know, wow, you're going to send this guy to that team. You're okay with that. Who knows how it's going to go over the course of time, two, three years from now, anything can happen this year are the Brooklyn Nets going to get turned around by coaching. Okay. You can say, well, Steve Nash was not very good. That's that's fair. Uh, they've been they've been missing players. They don't have Ben Simmons. Seth Curry has been out. T.J. Warren has been out. So they're still not full. They're still not whole. But also at the same time, what's going to make Brooklyn a really great team? Is Ime going to get Kyrie to defend at this level? Is he going to get Kevin Durant to put in all that effort? Is he going to get Joe Harris and Patty Mills and Seth Curry to defend? I mean, he can go in there and try some funky defenses and he might experiment with some zone. But as far as the Celtics allowing Ime to go make the Nets better, I don't see how much better he taking over in, on November 1st I don't see how much better he is going to make them. Now, I'm sure that that he might have been reading the tea leaves and saying Steve Nash was Kevin Durant was already looking to get Steve Nash out of there. Uh I, I'm going to watch a lot of Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to watch a lot of Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to watch a lot of these teams that have been struggling early to see which coach might be on the hot seat so I can swoop in. And so he might be prepared, he might have a lot of notes, and he might have a lot of things that he's been putting together just for this potential moment. But I don't see how he's going to get this team to buy in exactly the same way the Celtics did. The Celtics had Marcus Smart, who turned out to be the defensive player of the year. They had Robert Williams, who many argue should have been the defensive player of the year. Either way, two guys who were candidates for defensive player of the year, one guy won it, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum pretty good wing defenders, and Al Horford, pretty good defender. So he had a bunch of guys that, yeah, they struggled early on, but once they bought in, he had defensive horses out there. None of these guys are going to defend at this level. Ben Simmons might be able to. But Ben Simmons hasn't exactly been known to respond to the hard coaching. I don't know if if Ben Simmons is going to respond to that level of coaching. Now, Kyrie and Kevin Durant have had a year with Ime Udoka, but he was an assistant. And it's just a little bit different as an assistant when they come to you and be like, Oh, can you believe what Steve wants me to do? And he can chuckle and be like, Yeah, yeah, but I think he's trying to do blah blah blah. Like, you can you can kind of get away with some of that stuff. You you you're not in charge, right? So in charge, Ime Udoka is gonna is gonna play this pretty hard. Is Kyrie Irving? On his current spiral, going to respond to anybody? Is he going to respond to anybody? I mean, he he didn't respect. Think, think of all the different layers of players that he didn't respect. The guys that have coached him. If you don't respect Steve Nash, then you're you're not going to respect Ime as far as his playing. Kyrie's going to be like, yeah, but I mean, you you were just a journeyman. If you can't if you can't trust. If he can't trust Steve Nash, an elite all-time great point guard who understands how it is to be great and and the pressures of being great, then I don't know how Kyrie's going to respond to how Ime is coaching him. I don't know how how he's going to react to some of the things that are going on out there. He's already he's already a mess. This could make it worse. Now, Kevin Durant, I think. Ime and KD are are cut from the same cloth. Those two guys are going to roll with one another. And that might be enough, but it's going to have to take a a lot of KD to to get the Nets to a top seed. In this East, I mean, you're already two and five. So maybe they win this game against Chicago, but it's the end of the third quarter and it's only a three-point game. So if they drop to... Two and six, just that every step you fall behind makes it harder to catch up in this East. So, am I worried that Ime is going to make this team better? Sure, sure, a little bit, but also, I don't think that Brooklyn has the personnel to do what Ime Udoka wants them to do, and I don't think the guys that they have are are going to respond right away. And I don't think once they respond, they're capable of putting together what the Celtics did last year. I don't think this is going to go entirely great. Maybe he gets them to a 500 team. I just look at this Brooklyn Brooklyn team and I said, if everything goes right, they'll be great. But if it doesn't go right, they will not be good. And it's not going right. Kyrie is already a major disruption and guys are already hurt. Ben Simmons is already not doing great he, in, in, are you going to integrate TJ Warren seamlessly? Are you going to get Seth Curry back? Is he, you know, how are you going to use him defensively? If you can't use him defensively, does he become Peyton Pritchard? And he fell out of the lineup last season. So it's, there's a lot here that I can see the Celtics going, yeah, go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Have fun. Have fun with all of that. Because has the potential. Obviously, he's a he's a really good coach. Whatever he did off the court, notwithstanding, he is on the court a very good coach. But that place is full of drama. Brooklyn is full of drama. And if it it would be a miracle, a miracle if Ime turns that into something drama-free. I just don't think that he's he's. Anybody, I don't think anybody is a good enough coach to turn that completely around because the type of personnel they have mentally and the types of players that they have on the floor. So that's it. That's my Ime Udoka reaction podcast. Uh, a lot. It's a lot, but that's that's where I've landed on this, and I think it's just. I mean, now it's absolutely time to move on. It's absolutely time to move on because now Ime is gone. He's part of the competition it would be interesting to hear what he says now that he's going to be talking to the media a lot. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when they come to Boston because he's going to be back in that building and there's going to be a lot of questions for him. So keep it here for all of that because I will have it all covered on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. I can wave to you on YouTube. Hi. Ring the bell. Comment. Get into that community tab. Going to start using that a lot more too. Uh, So, and then share the podcast. Would love it if you did that. Tell your friends, family, everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.